This week, Sarah Lehman is back to talk about the Dark Tower movie. We're both huge fans of the books, and we wanted to chat about whether or not the film lives up to the legacy of the books, and whether or not we thought it was as disappointing as the rest of the internet seems to believe. The answer is no, we don't. We like it. Spoilers. Uh, But yeah, that's all coming up today, so let's do it. Welcome to Sci-Fi. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury. Sarah Lehman is here this week, my my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and she and I will be discussing The Dark Tower in just a few minutes. Before we get to that, oh my god, you guys, I've been watching Travelers on Netflix. Holy shit. Holy shit, it's good. I know I mentioned this to you about a year ago when the first season dropped on Netflix. I said, go watch Travelers. It's amazing. Season two is out. I'm, uh, I, I'm, all, I'm close to finished. I'm like eight or nine episodes through a 12-episode season, and it has been astonishingly good. Holy fuck. I can't even believe it. Uh, this show, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. I'm just going to try to sell you on watching this uh, because it's so good. It's like everything that I've ever wanted out of a science fiction television show. It has a brilliant premise. It develops that premise in a really interesting and surprising way. Uh, and it connects what's happening to the emotions of the characters beautifully. So you always care and you always feel what they're feeling and you know what they're feeling because the storytelling is so good. Uh, Brad Wright is the creator. He created all of the Stargate TV shows and was a showrunner on uh, on a couple of them, I believe. Definitely the first one. I don't know if he was... It doesn't matter. Brad Wright is running the show on this. You'll see a lot of familiar faces from Stargate. Also, familiar names on the production credits, like Andy Makita directs a lot of episodes. He directed a ton of Stargate stuff. So, uh, it's just so cool to see such well-crafted television made by people who made something that I also love and, and watched through. The premise is really, you know, fantastical, like fantastic in the uh, that's crazy sort of a way, but they treat it so realistically. It feels real. It's crazy. And that's what I want out of science fiction. I want something that is treated like it's actually happening and then just develop it from there and show me, you know, what would happen in this crazy situation. That's what I love. And then let's learn about humanity along the way. Let's learn about what what is important, you know, what makes people tick and how we work and, and how we grow and develop as a species and what we grow into and how we can sort of shape what we're growing into. The show tackles all those themes amazingly well. I'm putting Travelers at the absolute top of my list of 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 new sci-fi that I think needs to be seen because it is remarkable and I love it. I really hope the last couple episodes of season two don't just shit the bed because I'll be so embarrassed, but fucking watch Travelers. Beautiful. Mwah. I did, I did the... I did the the fingers. You didn't see it. That's okay. Uh, Travelers is is so good that it makes Star Trek Discovery look like absolute garbage. I'd been watching through season two, and then I watched the, the newest episode of Discovery. I'm like, God, fuck, this show's bad. I think it's bad. I think it's a bad show. I still enjoy aspects of it, and I'm still watching it, and I'm still excited to see it every week. But it's bad. I, I kind of like watching it because it's like, wow, this is how you do bad dialogue. This is how you pretend that you know what science is, but you don't. This is how you this is how you tell a story in the most convoluted and unsatisfying way possible. I it's bad. I kind of like it, but it's bad. Um, I don't like it that much. 
it's mostly bad, but I kind of like it. It's hard to describe. Um, I'm not going to go into any spoilers, but they they did just make a big reveal in the last episode that has been very obvious for a long time. <laughs> and they finally admitted that that's what was happening. And it was so unsatisfying. It's like, God damn it. Like, everybody knew. Everybody knew, except for the people on the fucking starship. The people that should have known didn't know, but it was very obvious as a viewer. And th- this show's doing that all the time, where characters don't seem to to know what they're supposed to, uh, as far as being intelligent people. <laughs> they just, like, make leaps in logic that make no sense um, constantly. And I'm just, it's so frustrating. But it's also like shiny and it's in outer space and there's like, you know, spaceships and stuff. And I like all of that. So part of me likes it, you know. Uh, is it a good Star Trek show? Hell no. Hell no. I am completely, I do not think so anymore. I, I did at first. I really liked it at first. Have there been episodes that I loved? Absolutely. I've loved uh, maybe, maybe four, maybe five episodes. I think I've loved about four episodes. Uh, and there's a couple I've liked, and then there's been a bunch that are just like trash. Uh, man, I do. Does it does it have hope for the future? That's the biggest question. I do still think it has hope for the future. I think that this show could get good, uh, maybe in season two. I don't think there's any saving season one at this point. It's just so silly. Uh, the only spoiler that I'm gonna give you is that they go into the the mirror universe that we've seen as far back as you know the original series with Mirror Mirror. Um, and they, I don't know, the, the mirror universe is like this full of like arch villain versions of all of the main characters. And it's always kind of goofy and silly whenever we see it. We saw it a bunch in Deep Space Nine. Uh, it's a great effect. You know, the one where Odo explodes. Uh, so I, I don't know. They went to the mirror universe in the first season of Discovery and they're spending several episodes there. The whole point of the mirror universe is to examine your characters because you show what they'd be like in this alternate setting. You can't do that unless you've established characters first. It's just meaningless otherwise. (laughs) And they keep making all these speeches about how we have to hold on to ourselves. I'm like, I don't know who you people are, and I don't care if you hold on to yourselves. Why are we doing this? This is a waste of time. So I love Mirror Universe stuff. I wish, uh, but it's just so pointless how they're doing it on Discovery, and I kind of wish that they'd waited or just not done that at all. I don't know. They keep doing things that are Star Trek tropes and just missing the point. Uh, and it's stupid. <laughs> I apologize if you like it, but I don't know. I don't like it, and that's okay. I kind of like it, but only because it's bad. Wow, that was a rant. I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to talk about that until it was happening, and then it felt good. It felt good to get it out there. So uh, let's leave that for now, <laughs> and let's move on to the Dark Tower. Something that I do. I do like. So there will be spoilers for the Dark Tower movie in this discussion. Uh, The first half will not have any book spoilers, but the second half will, because Sarah and I really wanted to talk about how this movie fits into the chronology of the the Dark Tower series as a whole. So if you haven't read the books, I highly recommend that you do, and I also highly recommend that you skip the second half of this discussion. As much as it pains me to tell people to skip half of my own podcast, it is the right thing to do. Okay, let's get into our chat with Sarah Lehman on the Dark Tower. Do not aim at my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. Jake! I do not kill with my gun.
I kill with my heart. Sarah Lehman, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I can't stop doing that. I know. It's I know. Terrible. But now that you like have called it out that you say that a lot, now I want to hear it like every time when I listen to your podcast. Don't encourage me. I will <laughs> always encourage you. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Fine encourage. And it has me. been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. What was what was the last thing we did? Cook. Cocoon? Was it Cocoon? I think it was Cocoon. That was episode 63, I think. Really? Has it been that long? No, we did My Stepmother's an Alien. That was episode no. 78. Oh, I thought Oh, I thought the two were... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Still. Still been time. a while. Which episode is this one going to be? Been a while. <laughs> uh, this is going to be... Uh, I'm, I've actually put a couple in the bag at this point. This is going to be like 103 or 104, nice. I think. Yeah. Awesome. But as we're recording this episode, 99 has not yet come out. Okay. Which will be Blade Runner. Okay. I'm excited yeah. for that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have... Uh, well, I actually recorded with Zach earlier today the Star Trek motion picture commentary, which people will have heard last week. Yeah. So this is a really fun day of watching movies and talking yeah. about them. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's so I good. love it. And we just watched The Dark Tower. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's the first time... Both of us have seen it since it was in the theaters. Yep. So yeah. I was a little concerned that I wouldn't like it as much because I really liked it the first time. And yeah. I talked about it a little bit on the show. But I was nervous that it wouldn't hold up just because I've heard so much bad shit about this movie from so many people. Yeah, I was nervous that I wouldn't like it either. So how'd you feel? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I, there's still a few things about it that I have problems with. But overall, I really like it. Yeah. Like I I like the biggest pieces of it. Like I love like the relationship between Roland and Jake and um like the whole second half is amazing, but you know, there's just like a few little things that bother me about it. I yeah. Think. I totally agree. I I'm really bothered by Walter, yeah. uh aka Randall Flagg, aka the man in black. AKA uh, Matthew McConaughey. AKA Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> um I I was even more bothered by him the second watch because it seems like such a missed opportunity. Yes. And and I actually really was bothered by him the first go round. Yeah, me too. Um, and I was hoping that it would be better this time. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. It, it was it worse. It is a huge missed opportunity because yeah. he's such a... Um, he's such a horrible like entity yeah in Stephen King's books and and he's unmistakable and, and he's everywhere he's like blanketed across all of Stephen King's literature yeah yeah under different names it's this the man in black is like all over the place in his yeah books. and that's how like you know it can be the same person like he's written so clearly yes and he can have different names because yeah because his character is so solid and so for them to not carry that through in the movie is like hugely disappointing i totally agree yeah i remember reading some i don't remember which book but i was reading a stephen king book and i'm like is this the same character like he really seems like the same guy and then i was like his name was different mm-hmm. uh like i found out later it was like walter or yeah randall i don't remember which one was which but i'm like oh i think it was when i was reading the dark tower i was like is this the same guy from the stand yeah because it really seems like the same guy from the stand and then they said his name was walter and i was like oh 
I guess it's not the same guy. But I was like, I'm sure this is the same guy. Yeah. And then later he says he goes by many names. I'm like, it's the same guy. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I, I totally I, flipped out. I did the same thing when I was reading Dark Tower. I recognized him from The Stand. Yeah. He's um, very, yeah, he's so well written and yeah. so consistent. Yeah. And you're just like, you just n- know that it's the same guy guy just because he's so distinctly evil in his own way and they just like did not put that like level of evilness in the movie they did it in such a casual way like he was very casually evil the man in black in the movie yeah which he's not he's not i don't think he would just like he was too nice about the way he killed people i think (laughs) (laughs) he was so like like he would just wave his hands and be like stop breathing yeah and it's like it was it, it's it was kind of comical yeah because it it didn't really work and mm-hmm. I couldn't help but laugh at some of those scenes which is terrible because like I don't know not laughing at what was happening in the scene but laughing at the way it was being presented totally uh like the uh, I don't know what was that one thing that he says to the mom he's like shame on you yeah like, <laughs> it's so stupid that really long pause yeah yeah and you sent your only child off to this silence. Shame on you. And he's just like playing it like this calm, cool, collected, psychopathic killer. Yeah. Which is not Randall Flagg. Randall Flagg is like, takes so much joy in being evil. Yeah. Like they always describe, well, Stephen King always describes him as having this rictus grin. Mm -hmm. Uh, He kind of like the Joker. I always imagined it. Where, and like this twinkling evil behind his eyes. And I got none of that from yeah. Matthew McConaughey's performance. Yeah. The, the like, the whole basis of, like, um, the man in black's, like, evilness always sticks with me in from the first Gunslinger book mm-hmm. when he brings um, that one guy back to life after he's, like, overdosed on the weed. Do you remember that part oh, of the yeah. book? Oh, yeah. In Tull, right? In Tull, yeah. 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 And it's just, like, so so sadistic and he puts um you know like that that thought in um i can't remember the character's name the bartender girl that um that roland is having sex with yeah i don't remember her name either. yeah but he like tells her like someday you're gonna ask you know what um what it's like on the other side and you'll see horror and everything and she has to like live with that you know he's just like he's just sadistic he's not about like just killing people he wants to ruin them he wants he he wants people to to feel despair yeah he wants to like to torture their souls yeah you know he wants to stick around to watch yeah yeah and he wants other people to see it too like he like he's He's really yeah and they just like didn't they just totally missed the mark of that yeah. in, in the movie. He walks by the mother and daughter and says, hate. Hate, yeah. And then the, the girl looks at her mom with hate, and it was so stupid. Yeah. Like, what the... F- it, it just, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for the movie, and but so, I don't... It just made him feel so, like, comically, like, misrepresented. Yeah. And it, I, I couldn't get over it. Especially in the second viewing. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been different if, I think, if they would have, like, written in, like, in that scene, like, if the girl, like, starts, like, attacking her mother or something, like, goes crazy. Or, like, if if there's some, something, like, visual to, like, represent that besides just, like, this little bratty girl has, like, a snarly look on her face. Like, that, I don't know. It's just, like. I also just don't like him walking around and randomly 
like I don't know. I mean, he he kind of seems like the type of character who in the books who wouldn't just walk around and like randomly kill people without paying any attention to what he was doing, you know? He yeah. would like he would stand there and like torture those people and watch them yeah, be tortured. Yeah, there's purpose behind his Yeah. like manipulation. Like he has chances to kill Roland and doesn't. And particularly in the first book when they have like the long palaver. Mm-hmm. Uh he wants Roland to suffer with the knowledge of like how the world really works. Yeah. You know? He he wants to sh- prove to Roland that everything he believes is wrong and then watch him suffer. Yeah. He doesn't just want him dead. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's what it is in the movie, is that he just kills so easily Yeah, instead of, like, really, like, tortures people the way that yeah. he does in the books. Yeah, he just, he really falls flat as a villain. He, yeah. He's so, totally one-dimensional, and I... I'm I'm surprised by that because when the movie was first announced, the first person who was attached to be in it was Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And he had a choice of whether or not he wanted to play Roland or the Man in Black, and he chose the Man in Black. Yeah. Like, they just approached him and said, because he's a big fan, I guess, and he'd want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge fan of Stephen King, from what I've read. And because of that, he chose the Man in Black. Yeah. And I thought that was like a baller move, you know? Yeah. Uh, just, just knowing that that character is kind of across all... Uh, incarnations of Stephen King's work. Yeah, he's like the villain. Yeah, and to say, I want to play that is kind of intense, because like, yeah. the, I feel like playing the hero is kind of what most people would choose. Yeah, I think it's easier, because people, because it's easy to be loved when you're the hero. Yeah, totally. You know? And I thought it was a bold move on his part to take that role, uh, but he just didn't really do much with it. And we were, we were talking during the movie, is this the writing or the performance? We think it's both. I th- I, I still think that it's mostly the writing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, I think it's both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I think that it is both, but I think it's mostly the writing. I think you're probably right. Because... It's bad. Because somebody had to write in that he walks past that mom and girl and just waves his hand and says, hey, yeah, you know? it's so Like, bad. somebody had to, like, direct... Matthew McConaughey to to do that scene. Right. You know. Totally. So But on the flip side, uh Idris Elba as Roland and the guy the kid who plays Jake oh my God. are so good. Magic. Like, so good. So good. And they embody those characters from the books in such a powerful way that really makes me feel things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so into it. I mean, particularly when they cross back over to Keystone Earth and like Roland's in the hospital. He's like, the animals in your world still speak. <laughs> when he's watching like a raccoon commercial. Yeah. Like the comedy is like really on point. Yeah. From then on out. Yeah. And uh, th- they did a lot of things from the second book that are, I mean, the second book's my favorite mm-hmm. of the seven or well, the eight, I guess. Uh, but what Roland in our world, you know, being, yeah. being foolish is my favorite. It's the best, yeah. And they nailed it in the movie. They like, did. I really loved it. I yeah. loved that I didn't have to wait for the second movie to see that. I yeah. thought that that was super cool. Yeah. And the kid who plays Jake is fantastic. Oh, he's brilliant. He's, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. And he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, you see the pain of of being told that he's crazy over and over again. Yeah. We, uh, You know what? That reminds me. We should, we should, uh, we should talk book spoiler-free, and then we should, like, pause and then talk book spoilers. So okay. anyone who hasn't read the, books, read the books, because I mean, there's like a massive spoiler that I really want to talk about with you about the books in relation to this movie. Okay. Well, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, let's wait for that so people can bail out if okay. they don't want spoilers. Okay. I feel like with the movie, <clears throat> most people's problem with it is that they wanted an, uh, an, uh, literal, 
like um, adaptation adaptation of the books. Yeah, where this is really a continuation. You yeah. know, and I think that because there are a couple of times where, like, I had to remind myself, like, this isn't supposed to be like the books, right? Because I was starting to get hurt feelers about it because it's like yeah. not exactly. And like the book series is like the most important book series in the world to me. Like I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, but just remembering that it's just a continuation and yeah. that the story is going to be different. Yeah. Is I think that that m- makes it so much better. I like, totally just agree. That in mind. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll talk more about that in the spoilery section. But okay. like, uh, yeah, I mean, I. What's important to me from the book, from the first book in particular, is, like, Roland and the Man in Black and Jake. You yeah. know, like, those are the three real main characters that carry through the yeah. series. Yep. And you don't, like, I mean, Eddie, Susanna, Oi, all those other people are not in the first book. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to me that uh, they weren't in the first movie, even though they did come to Earth, like, or Keystone Earth, like they do in the second book. It didn't really bother me. Yep. Like, all that kind of stuff, just because... I, I feel like the real essence of the story is starting to build Roland's quartet with Jake. You know, yeah. like that's the first person. Yep. So, uh, and I, I think that in the movie, you get this incredibly strong sense that those two characters are now bonded and are now going to go do good things together. Yeah. And that is, uh, for me, as the start of a movie series about the Dark Tower, that's so exciting. Yeah. And I just want to see more. I really want to see more. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm excited to see more too because I I want to know where they go with it because I mean they 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 have to bring Eddie and Susanna into it. Yeah. You know. Um but they did a really great job of solidifying that relationship between Jake and Roland first. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is the most It's the most it's important. It's the most one. important. Yeah, totally. And it it is the most important throughout the book series. Sorry, I keep bringing up the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as we can bring up the books okay. as long as we're spoiler-free. Uh, yeah, because, like, the Dark Tower is something that can be spoiled pretty intensely, I think. Well, yeah, because there's nothing in it that you expect. Yeah. Like, there's not one thing that, like, you read in the series, for me, that I was like, oh, I saw that coming. Like, yeah. Like, everything is just, like, it's it's such a rich world with so many, like, different ideas and different, like, realities that it's it's hard to, to spoil. You know, just have to read it. Just everybody just read it. All yeah. Of them right and now. Also, like, I mean, just the very end of the story is something that like, yeah. you need to not know to, to appreciate the story. Yep. And it's the type of thing where, like, if someone tells... I don't know. Like, I would never want to spoil that to, for someone else accidentally. No. I would feel so bad. Yeah. Because I remember, like, getting to that point and just being like, what, what, is, what is going on? Like, what's about to happen here at the very end? And it's just not at all what I expected. And, yep. it, and it, like, reshaped everything that I had read. And, I, you know, for better or for worse, like, I, I think that it was really brilliant. I like, think, some people hate it, but I really love I it. I think it's the best. I think it's the only way it could have ended. I agree. Anything else would have been a disappointment because yeah. the the expectation that you have by the end after you've invested so much time into like these characters, you know, I feel like anything else would have been a disappointment. Totally. So the way that to me, the way that Stephen King wrote the ending was just perfect. 
Yeah. It was absolutely I totally perfect. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this movie got really bad reviews, and Ugh. it didn't do super well at the box office. But you know what I love is that Idris Elba and Stephen King have both come out and, like, stood behind it and yeah. said, I really like this movie. I like what we did. I'm really excited to move forward with this series. Yeah. Uh, and the the latest news is that the, they're going to make a TV show about young Roland. Mm-hmm. And the latest news is that that's still happening, even though the movie kind of bombed. Yeah. And... I guess Idris Elba would be involved, but it would be a, a younger actor portraying most of Roland and kind of based off of book four of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm like really, really, really excited about that. Yeah. And I don't, I, the, but I also did read that the future of the film series is in question, whether or not they're going to make any more. I think that the, the show would have to like really, really do well for them to want to make more movies. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that the sh- the TV show could do really well because I feel like that that's something that maybe wouldn't change quite so much as like from the the books to the, yeah. to the TV show. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I mean, I don't know, just anything anything having to do Dark Tower, I want to just like consume. Yeah, all totally. Of it. I I wonder how much I would have liked this movie if I hadn't read the books because I, I think that a lot of my connection to the movie is based off of recognition from things that I really care about. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have that, I don't know I don't know how much I w- would have fallen for this. I think I still would have really liked it. Yeah. But I think I like it more than I would have if I hadn't read the book. I was thinking about that when we were watching it. And I think the maybe the reason why they did adapt it the way that they did is so that people who hadn't read the books yeah. could come into it. And get like the gist of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the idea that it's a it's a very complex idea, like the the world itself and how the different worlds are connected through the Dark Tower. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, based off of you know when they when Jake draws that image in the sand mm-hmm. and Roland explains how like outside is fire and darkness and monsters and yeah. inside is all the worlds. Uh, I almost like. I didn't get the impression from that that the worlds are kind of on top of each other the way that they are in the books where like one like the place where the tower is there is an echo of that in New York and they're not like it's not like they're in the same galaxy and on different planets it's like they're in different universes that are all connected or like different like they're realities like, that like are all different connected. planes of existence totally yeah, yeah totally yeah which which is one of my favorite parts of how that world is structured mm-hmm. and the idea that midworld is uh you know, because it's closer to the tower um, and the tower is kind of the place from which all existence is held together, that world is slowed because the tower is damaged, you know? Yeah. Like, that that world is uh, has moved on, is yeah. what they keep saying. And they even said that in the movie. Yeah. And uh, the, there's, like, the way that that's described at the end of the first book is one of my favorite things. It's like, the world is a blade of grass that's been cut and uh, it's still alive, but it can't get um, nutrients anymore, so it's slowly dying. Yeah. I, I love that imagery yeah. so much. Um, and I feel like that was, even though they didn't really talk about that in the movie, it wasn't, like, it wasn't taxed. Like, they didn't, they didn't contradict the world very much of the books at all, as far yeah. as how the world works. But I do question whether or not someone who hadn't read the books would understand it the way that it is intended. Yeah. Uh, just... It it almost sounded like oh yeah there's different we're on different worlds and these portals take us between worlds, uh, in this one galaxy you know which is not what's happening yeah yeah definitely because you 
they don't really explain it that it's just like different like levels of of reality or different like planes of existence yeah rather than like actual different physical places right like all in the same plane of existence exactly yeah, yeah. that's it's what like, it seems we're, we're like we're not going from like earth to mars right you know we're going from like earth to like like parallel universe yeah other, yeah other planets yeah exactly and i don't think that they made that super clear yeah um in the movie but they did they did echo a lot of things from the first book like the the village where they go to find the seer reminded me of what happened in tull uh even though it wasn't really the same yeah um, see that part reminded me more of when in lud because is that the city in book three yeah where where gasher yeah was okay yeah yeah you know i guess that's true because you do have like the ruins of the old like it looked like a shopping center maybe or like transportation center mm-hmm. th- like up on the hill above the village i well I, I mean not not so much even like visually but just like what happens yeah like I'm they're being not, stalked yeah i'm trying yeah. to not say it well, sure because i try not to <laughs> i guess things. i guess that's true yeah i mean for me like uh like in book one like the the massacre in tull was like really stuck with me yeah I, uh, and it, what reminded me about that in the movie is that roland is like the roland is just like this immovable object who's just you know walking through the center of town and just mass just murdering mass everyone. murdering everyone yeah. yeah even though it's just the bad guys in the movie but that that definitely reminded me of that yeah the the part where in in the movie after the man in black gets jake and he's like killing all the tahine and everything that yeah. part kind of reminded me of of tull yeah again just because it's yeah because it's just rolling just like killing everybody just, through a crowd killing everyone yeah leaving yeah. a trail of bodies behind him yeah which i fucking love I mean, yeah. I know I shouldn't be like uh. <laughs> so okay with like, you know, murder. Um, but it's just there's something different when Roland does it because it's like because he kills with his heart. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which is like my favorite. My favorite line is "I kill with my heart." I just like, yeah. oh, I love it. I, I like that the whole gunslinger line has this sense of responsibility for taking someone else's life. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to do that, you need to be conscious and awake of what. And aware of what you're doing. Yeah, and, and you have to you have to do it with your heart. Like if yeah. you're if you're going to take another life, you have to be like emotionally invested in that decision. Yeah. I think. You know, I think that which is why like it doesn't bother me that Roland kills so much. Because it's it's a need, it's it's something that has to be done. Yeah. And because it, those people are trying to end existence as we know it. Yeah, and he doesn't like doing it. Right. You know, he he does it because he has to, because somebody has to. Somebody has to make the hard decision. Somebody has right. to do the shitty thing. And you that's know? the gunslingers. And like, the gunslingers are the line of defense between yeah. the darkness and the light. So Yeah. So, yeah. like, who else is going to do it? Yeah. Not me. You, you said something interesting when we went to see this in the theaters about how you didn't like that Roland... There's like a question throughout the movie as to whether or not Roland is a gunslinger. Uh, yeah. And you re- and that bothered you. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me about that. So originally it did bother me because in the books, again, he's so much like his, him being a gunslinger is his identity. That's who he is. And that's just like all he has to hold on to, you know? Yeah. Um, And... 
so in the movies when he's like questioning that, like that really bothered me because it's like Roland would never question that of himself. Yeah. Um, but then I talked about it with Aubrey Ross <laughs> because <laughs> uh, she's my other like Dark Tower guru. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had to like talk it out. Um, and, you know, she was oh, saying ass. that, you know, maybe th- in this this one, like he he has like more remorse and guilt and he's like trying to run away from that part of his identity. So, yeah, that's the impression that I got uh, that. I, I mean, watching it a second time, I really it really became clearer to me that this Roland is has given up. Yeah. Okay, Miles, you want to come on the couch? Bye. Come on up. Come on up, buddy. Don't just sit there and whine at me. You're so cute. Look at your face. Um, he is cute. And I kind of like that. He, it seems like he's given up, but but his relationship with Jake reconnects him with what it means to be a gunslinger and. And and at the end, uh, you know, I wish I'd said at the end, uh, we talked about this last time also when we saw it, that we both wished that he'd kind of said, like, let's go save the tower or something mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, that's where they're going, you yeah. know? Like, Roland has taken up, he must have taken up his mission again. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. But but what he does say to Jake is he calls him a gunslinger. Yes. Which implies that, you know, the la- like, he's not the last gunslinger anymore because maybe he's going to try to pass on what he knows to Jake. And and that's like a huge part of of the books is that the people that he travels with he tries to you know turn into gunslingers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it also implies that he believes in the gunslingers. Yeah, he, you know, like and like himself the, also. and himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if if he if he's calling Jake a gunslinger, then. Like, he therefore has to be one as well. That's so true, because he says earlier on that no gunslingers exist anymore. Yep. So if he's acknowledging the existence of the gunslingers, then he must be one Yeah, still. because he yeah. is clearly, like, Jake's mentor, because he teaches him, like, the gunslinger creed and yeah. all of that. So, and I, yeah, I, I do like the, on this viewing, I am happy with the way that it ended. Yeah, You too. know, with them just, like, because Roland just says, like, I'm going to need your help. Yeah. You know, and so, and that is a big part of Roland too, is him realizing that he can't just like do it alone yeah. anymore. Like, again, like going back to the books, he's been alone for a long time. And we get that impression too. I think that when we first like, I mean, he think, I think he says it in the movie that he's been alone for a long time. Yeah. I can't remember. I know that they say that he's been wandering the, the desert for a long time. Yeah. But I mean, I get the impression that Roland's been by himself. Yeah, I yeah, it seems like while. maybe since his dad was killed, he's been on his own. Yeah, I mean, and then there's that part where Walter is like, you know, does he know that everybody who walks with you dies by my hand? And, yeah, you know, so it's like Roland has reservation about having other people in his life and caring about other people because he's lost everyone. Yeah, that he's ever cared about or traveled with. And so in the end for him to want to have Jake with him and like to recognize that he needs his help and that he's a gunslinger is just like that, like continuation of like Roland's emotional journey, which I love. Yeah, me too. And he moved a lot emotionally. He moved a lot faster in this movie than he does in the books. Absolutely. I think he got to like a a book three level of empathy by (laughs) first movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I was okay with that because, you know, this this is like a new version of the story. So, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, I totally dug that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I am okay with I I, I like how I like how they rewrote the story for yeah. the movie. Yeah, I because think, I think they kept what's really important. Yeah, you know, which is like Roland's and Jake's like relationship. I think that that's really what like needed to be like super solid. Totally. You know. I totally agree. And they nailed that. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the credits, you hear Walter's whistle. Yeah, which I didn't catch until yeah. tonight. So do you think that that means that Walter's still alive? Yeah. I think so, too. I, I, my, my biggest disappointment in the movie was that they killed off Walter, or seemingly killed off Walter. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. That's like a crazy choice. Why would they do that? Yeah, because he feels so unkillable. Yeah. In all of Stephen King's books. So he's probably not dead. Yeah. I th- I think that whistle at the end is a is a signal that he's not dead. Yeah. I I I hope so. If he's not dead and they do another book though, I hope that they just like write it a little bit more like what you described him earlier as being more flamboyant yeah which i think is yeah he's like i don't know just so rambunctious and energetic and then in the yeah. movie he's just like so flat yeah you know? I, I wouldn't even mind seeing matthew mcconaughey play him again no i think that i think that he could do it i yeah, think it just needs just better to be, writing yeah totally yeah, better writing yeah yeah i mean i i can only assume that if they make another one that it will be based off of the drawing of the three and that we'll meet Eddie and Susanna. And that would be like a dream. Come oh true. man. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to see Eddie, Eddie Dean yeah. on screen. Totally. He like, I mean, all of the characters in the, in the dark tower series, like have a special place in my heart, but Eddie, like he quickly carves out his own place, you know? Like yeah. I, I think that I think it's because Stephen King spends a lot of time, I think probably the most time, like, talking about Eddie's, like, history as a kid and right. all that stuff. So I feel like he just writes him for us to know him better. Yeah. Um, and the scene where you meet Eddie is one of my favorites in the whole series. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I I was, like, I, I was reading so fast, just, like, tearing pages. I was yeah. just so into the action and the comedy and the... Yeah. The character interaction, it's its just really, really great. Yeah. I mean, Stephen King does not always wrap up his stories super, um, what's the word, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that is or, the word. In, or in a satisfying way, like anyone who's read The Stand yeah. might. I, if I took issue with the ending. I thought that was a, yeah. a cop I think, out. I think most people did. Yeah. yeah. Uh and I don't I don't feel that way about The Dark Tower, but, but I do feel like um, what he does well all the time is build characters. Absolutely. He fleshes out a character better than, like, anyone else. I yeah. mean, I, I feel like... Almost too well sometimes. Yeah. To the point where you're like, I, I, I know this person. Like, we can move on from this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I know... I mean, I've I've read the Dark Tower series in, like, book form probably two times. I've listened to it two or three times on audiobook. Oh, wow. Um, so you're like five times in. Yeah. And I like, I feel like I know who these people are, you know, yeah. like in, which, I mean, that's part of the reason why this story works so well is because you get so emotionally invested in, 
in and the, the characters. people, totally. Yeah. And I think that they succeeded in making me feel that with Jake and Roland in the, in the movie. Totally, totally. And that, that's a huge win, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I it's it's a little perplexing to me why people disliked this so much. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that it's because they wanted they wanted just they wanted it to be the book. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I can grant the fact that Walter is a lame bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And and honestly like all of his scenes or the scenes with the Tehane and in the mm-hmm. like in where they had like the where they're trying to break the tower. I mean, all, all of that stuff fell super flat for me. And and not just that, it was kind of like I don't know, the the design of the Tehane mm-hmm. was a little like B-movie-ish in a way that I, I didn't really care for. I just didn't really care for for any of that. Yeah. And there's that, you know, female character that he gets really close to and says, like, you chose a pretty face and you can have whatever you want. And, and like, Fran Kranz is there. Yeah. And I like that actor, but he always plays that character, like the nerdy dude in a sweater who's good at computers. Yeah. And he's there for no reason. And I none of that made any sense to me. You know, it, and it didn't feel like it needed to be there. Yeah. And I just didn't really care for it. But, like, every moment that Roland is on screen... I adored. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's like more than half of the movie I really liked. And I think that they did something kind of magical with. I mean, it reminded me of the never ending story, how it's this story of this boy discovering this magical world, you know? Totally. Yeah. And, which is a funny way to look at the Dark Tower. It's like a different lens to look at the same story mm-hmm. that does work, I think. And like telling it from Jake's point of view, I thought was really cool. Yeah. No, I think that they, I think that it was really good that they told it more from Jake's point of view. Yeah. Um, because I I don't know. I mean, I again, I kind of feel like there was going to be disappointment no matter what they did, you know? Yeah. Um, because, like, the expectation was so high because this movie has been, you know, supposed to be being made for, like, 10 years or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it went through so many different people's hands and there's so much of, like, oh, you know... Ron Howard is going to direct it and then right. that fell through and you know it's like there there was just so much like waiting for this movie yeah that the expectation was so high yeah. I mean for a lot of people yeah. but I think that telling it through Jake's point of view like really helped it along yeah and I could see why this movie wouldn't meet that expectation because mm-hmm. for for me I think if people look at it as the first in a series it's Oh, for me personally, as the first in a series, I think this is really exciting, you know? Definitely. As the first Dark Tower movie where they're going to be able to adjust as they go along. And I, I, I got the sense that the people understood the main characters well enough that and, and wanted to tell a different and unique story. And, and I'm on board with that. Like, I really want to see where they go with it. And yes. I really hope that they get the chance. Me too. But yeah, I mean, obviously, as like an, it's not an adaptation exactly. It's not, you know... It, I can understand why this would not be what people wanted after having waited so long. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate the fact that they went on a limb and just tried to take the heart of the story and put it into a new box. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that they still they still succeeded at telling a great Dark Tower story. Yeah. It's just not the story that we know. Which I prefer. It's, it's kind of the story we know, but it's yeah. not exactly the story we know. Yeah, and that's that's the way that it should be honestly like i i think if i mean 
Because yeah. if there's no movie that's going to be a literal adaptation that would satisfy like what no my yeah. mind has created for the books. No way. And so creating like a new like continuation of the story, I think is like the best way to go. Yeah. And they did leave so much room for, you know, future movies or TV series. You know, what I like about this movie is that they did get a little bit of everything in there. From, like, all the books. Because, like, the Breakers are, like, in Song of Susanna. Right. You know, like, they got the desert from book one. Like, they, they kind of got yeah. a little bit of all of the books in there. So They it, really did. Like, the house with the demon from book three. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. So the house on Dutch Hill. Yep. And they had a lot of fun, like, just Stephen King Easter eggs in there, which is cool. Right. They show Walter with all of the um, wizard's glass. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I that, didn't pick that up. You know, you pointed that out. I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was obviously made by someone who cares about the series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's enough room for it to go like really, really cool places. I totally agree. And I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know why. I mean, I understand why people are disappointed, but I think they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk some spoilers. Spoilers. Let's, let's give everyone a, a chance to bail out if they don't want to hear spoilers. And I... You know, I highly recommend if you haven't read the books, co- so yeah, come back for the outro at the end of the episode and yeah, get out of here right now. Because like, I I don't want to spoil this for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because the books are so good. They're so good. They're so good. They're, I mean, they're very uneven and it's like a, it's one of those things where I recommend it to people that I know are completists. Yeah. Uh, because you have to experience the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. But let's talk about it. Okay. okay so... Um, Obviously, at the end of the series, Roland goes back to the beginning. <laughs> he's like in in this like crazy loop where he's like the decisions he makes determines what happens towards the end of the loop. Yeah, and yeah, he's he climbs the tower, and when he reaches the top, he's back at the bottom. He's, exactly. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then it's there's a lot of it's open to a lot of interpretation, but my interpretation is that. Uh, Roland's decision to let Jake die in the beginning is kind of a defining moment for this Roland. Yes. And I think because that was the wrong choice, uh, I think that he wasn't able to, to, to complete his mission at the end. Um, and I, I really liked the fact that, cause I mean, obviously he realizes that and he comes around, you know, mm-hmm. and tries to save Jake in book three. Yeah. But what I loved about the movie was that they didn't do that. You know, like this Roland knew, to protect Jake right away. Yeah. This Roland, like, never tried to sacrifice Jake. Yeah. And I, I took that as a step forward for Roland so that maybe this was the time where he would succeed. I don't know. What do you think? See, no, I, I totally agree. I wonder if I wonder if it's his decisions from Jericho Hill, though, that make him kind of loop back around. Because that's the thing. When you start the gunslinger, he's thinking about the horn of Eld. Uh-huh. And how he lost at Jericho Hill. And right. it's implied that that's where, like, Elan and Cuthbert all die. Like, his old quartet right. all falls on Jericho Hill. He's, like, the only, like, survivor is what I've gotten from it. Yeah, definitely. And then at the end of the book and in the beginning of the movie, he has the horn Yeah, of that's Eld. super... That's a huge thing. Is that... Uh, I was so happy to see that. Yeah. Like, the horn in his backpack the whole time. Yeah, yeah, because I mean that's the one thing at the end of the book that gives you a sense that this is actually that, different. That, this, it, this that it will is different. be different. Yep. Yeah. And that's why, again, that's why I'm okay with like the changes that they've made. Right. 
in the movie because he has he has the horn, so obviously he's gone through what we know as as the series of the book. Yeah, and this it, is after, and this is something new that's happening. It's a new like loop around it's his, exactly yeah and walter says in the movie one last time around the wheel my old friend yes which is one of my favorite moments of the whole movie because it's such an easter egg for fans of the books yeah totally uh, it's i mean the movie straight up confirms to you you know that this is the next iteration and the, yes. the writers have even said this is a continuation exactly and, and unless you've read the books you won't know what that means but for me that was like oh my god they're doing it right because yes i don't i don't yeah, I, I don't want them to just tell the story of the books. I want them to tell me the next time around because I want to be able to be surprised by the story. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, like the whole quartet dies and I oh. want them to have a chance to live. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that I think that that's like the perfect way yeah. to do this. Well, they well, in the books, they they do live just like in a different again, like a, on a different level of of the tower. Yeah. Because um, Eddie and Jake are brothers. Right. And then they meet Susanna because they're like having dreams about her or something. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Which that felt like it was put there to soften the blow a little bit. Me too. I Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree because Eddie's death is just like the most oh heartbreaking God, thing. I just like bawled my eyes out. And Jake's death too. I, I lost it. I cried more when Eddie died. Yeah. And when Oi died, oh. oh my God, when Oi dies, it's just like... It's rough. It is the worst. But yeah, seeing Eddie go was just like, I don't know, just soul crushing. Because he's like, he's the comic relief. He's like the guy that you can sort of like identify with more, I think. Because he's just yeah. like, he's just like... He's the heart and soul of the group. He is. He is. And he's the one that calls Roland on all his bullshit. Right. When Roland is like being a heartless asshole because he can be. You know, Eddie's the one that's that tells him you're being a heartless asshole. Yeah. And you watching know? like an asshole wise guy turn into a gunslinger over the course of the uh, series is yeah. wonderful and very well written. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Eddie comes the furthest because when we yeah. meet him, he's a strung out junkie. Yeah, totally. You know, and then at the end, he's like standing up for all of existence right. and doing the right thing. Yeah. So when he oh, when he dies, it's just like so beautiful and horrible yeah 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 but yeah i mean as as a first story as as a as a reflection of the first book and as a first story in a new series i thought that i thought this movie succeeded pretty damn well me too i agree as far as continuing the story yep and yeah i mean the the horn of eld being there and not even being mentioned i thought was really cool the fact that he never pulls it out of his bag he just carries it with him yeah but yeah i i have questions about how you think this works so he's he's going back to the to the moment at the beginning of the first book which is you know the the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed yes but if the horn of eld is there that implies that his memory is of his of his time before then is probably different also Mm -hmm. uh and then i wonder if any of those things that happened before actually happened or if roland is just a creature stuck in a loop and like what happens in the loop informs what he thinks his life was the next time he's in the loop like maybe he if that makes any sense yeah I'm, i'm trying to I'm trying to think I I think yes what he I think what he remembers because I I think this is what happens so he every time around the tower he learns something new yeah. about doing not just what's right for 
saving the tower, but doing what's right for the people around you. Yeah. Because when we first meet Roland, he is willing to sacrifice anybody for the Dark Tower, which is why he lets Jake fall. Totally. And they do kind of imply that a little bit in the movie, too, which I I like. He still has a little bit of that in him Mm -hmm. when he was like, basically, he says, all I want is my revenge. Yeah, he holds Jake out over a ledge. To try to find out where Walter is. Yeah. Uh, like, threatens this little kid with his life just to find out where Walter is. Yeah. And then when they're having dinner, too, and, and that's when he's, like, saying, like, gunslingers don't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, he... Or... I can't remember if it's that part, but... Yeah, Jake is like, oh, so my mom died for your revenge, or whatever. Yeah, you when know. he's trying to spur the... Or... Uh, yeah, what... It's... It's when, it's when, the, it's when Roland's talking about... Revenge or something like that. Yeah, they're yeah. in the warehouse, I think, maybe. In the Before warehouse, they yeah. Do he's the trying to convince thing. him yep. to save the tower yep. still. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so so Roland is, in the beginning of the books and a little bit in this movie, the type of person that will sacrifice anybody who cares about him or that he might care about yeah. for the sake of getting to Walter and getting to the Dark Tower. So, once you go through all the books and he learns how to, like, have a katet again and learns how to, like, love and care about people and to not sacrifice them, that sometimes, like, those personal relationships are bigger than the big picture. Yeah. Right? That's when he... I think that that's, like... That's something that's he, what he learns. He, he learns. Yeah. I totally agree. And then, so then when he, he goes comes back, back different. He, yeah. He comes back as, a, as the type of person who would have done things differently on Jericho Hill. And, and, and that's he, why he has the horn. Yes, I think so. Because yeah. in his mind, he has changed, and and like even though even though he's not going back to Jericho Hill, like in his mind, I think he would have made different decisions. Yes. So yeah. so he comes back as a person with the horn. Yeah. And it, it's so fucking interesting. I mean, I, I imagine the Dark Tower as a battle between the Man in Black and Roland that encompasses all of these cycles of them trying to either save or destroy the tower. Mm -hmm. And I think they both keep failing. Yeah. And I think that the, I mean, Walter becomes a non-entity in book seven, you know, like, like Mordred becomes the big bad. Yeah. And it's so weird and, and out of left field and like, doesn't feel good. Uh, from a storytelling I, yeah, point of I view. Yeah, I have issues with Mordred. Yeah. But I wonder if the reason Stephen King did that is because, uh, even though Roland doesn't succeed in the end, Walter does worse. Yeah. And maybe because they both fail, another cycle starts. Yeah. But this time, Roland is stronger and Roland is, you know, more empathetic. I think I think it's really like getting him in touch with his empathy. Yeah. And his sense of community and family and purpose. Yeah. Well, because, so going back to Wizard and Glass, that's book three, four. Five? <laughs> Wait, let's see. Okay. There's the gunslinger. The gunslinger. There's the drawing, drawing of three. three. Uh, which one is Wastelands? Wastelands is four. So, so Wizard and Glasses. No, Wizard and Glasses four. Five. Wizard, Wizard and Glass. Wizard five? and Glass comes before Wastelands. Wizard and Glass. Wizard and Glass is the, is the one in the past. Yeah. Okay. Is that three? I thought that was four. How come I can't remember this? No, I think three is Wastelands and four is Wizard and Glass. Five is. God, I can't remember. Song of Susanna is six, Dark Tower is seven, five is uh, Wolves of the Kala. Wolves, Dark ta- the Dark Tower is the last one. Yeah. Yeah, Wolves of the Kala. is five, right? No, it's, 
Oh, <laughs> oh we're going to have to look this up. Okay. It's the gunslinger. It's the drawing of the three. Yeah. Wizard. I think it's wizard and glass. Okay. Um, Wastelands. No, Wastelands, Wizard and Glass. Yeah, I, th- I right. think Wastelands yep, yep. is three. Yeah. Wastelands, Wastelands, Wizard and Glass. Wizard and Glass, Wolves of the Kala. Yes. Song of Susanna. Song of Susanna, the Dark, then Dark Tower. That's exactly what I think and it then is, yeah. And then Wind Through the Keyhole is right. between, is like four and a half. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of in, in between two of the books. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What were you talking well, about before that? I forgot. Um, okay, so in Wizard and Glass, when it's in Roland's past. Right. Right? Like, he... That is kind of like where he finds like his purpose, like as like a gunslinger, because they're they're sent to Magus just to kind of like be out of the way, and they end up running into some big shit that's going on, right? right. And they they have to stop it because they're right. there. Um, the Thinny, the oh uh, yeah, oh I, my love God, the I love the Thinny. It's thinny. so cool. Um, I I have a lyric in my song about the Dark Tower. It's uh like Hal and Thinny on the wind we hold together in his mind. Yeah. Which so I good. Was very proud of. Yeah, that's a great lyric. <laughs> um, but I think that because Roland loses so much in that moment in his life, he loses Susan. Yeah, and he loses his mother. Yeah, right. He kills his own he, mother. He doesn't kills he? his yeah. mother. Yeah, because of Walter. Right. Right. And so I feel like that that is like that this like defining moment of like he is going to like shut down and like only seek like revenge in the Dark Tower. Right. Because of those those things that happen because he feels so responsible. Right. Um, And so I, I think I think that the loop that he's on is really about like his emotional like, yeah. ability to to reconnect with other people. It's too much about the tower. Like it's it's not about saving anyone. It's about saving the tower. You know, yeah. he doesn't. It's, it's almost like he doesn't care if the whole if he kills everyone in the world as long as he saves the tower. But the whole point of saving the tower is to save the people in the world. So you have to care about them too. Exactly. Um. And and he does get there, and and watching him get there is is so the joy of those books to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the the way that Roland opens as a character, is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, in large part due to the fact that the books were written pretty far apart at first, where Stephen King really developed as a writer in between books. Yeah. Like, he's gone back and changed the first one and added stuff to make it fit better. But I've only read the original version because mm-hmm. that's just the copy that I had. Yeah. And Roland is so different in that book. He's yeah. completely closed off. Yeah. And uh I like that, you know. Yeah. He's he's not a hero at all in the first book. He's just a single-minded character yeah. who has one goal and is just going to pursue that one goal only. Yeah, and it doesn't he doesn't care what it costs him or right. anyone else for that matter. He's right. yeah, he he is going for the dark tower and that's it. Yeah. Not not even so much the dark tower in book 1. I mean, he wants to get Walter. Yeah. Because I mean, because he'll lead him to the dark tower, but right. really it's like the man in black is his is his goal. Yeah, and it's a little vague ab- about why he thinks catching up with the man in black will lead him to the tower, you know? Uh, do they specifically say what he thinks is going to happen? I don't I don't remember that. No. I I think it's just because Roland knows that the man in black knows like uh, what the dark tower is and yeah. like how, how that's how he wants information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the long palaver at the end of the first book is, is incredible. I I'm yeah. such a huge fan of that. Yeah. And I, I like the relationship so much between Walter and Roland in that book and that 
like Roland or Roland needs this information and Walter has it, but Walter is evil. Yeah. But still gives it to him. You know, yeah. still gives him the info in a way that kind of tortures him and like and then leaves him on this plateau where he ages like thirty years or something like that. Yeah. Um all that stuff was so intense and and kind of like mocks him for letting Jake die and Yeah. Um th- that relationship was was completely absent from the movie. Yes. And it just became like a pure revenge story and I'm I, that did not hit on as deep of a level for me. Yeah, yeah, they definitely in the movie didn't didn't hit on on how far back Roland and the Man in Black's relationship goes because yeah. the Man in Black was Roland's dad's like advisor when Roland was a kid. Yeah. So Roland's known the Man in Black in one form or another his whole life. Yeah. Basically. And so it's like, there's a lot of history there, you know, and you don't, you just like, it didn't carry through in the movie because like their relationship is like palpable in the books. Like you, like you can feel like that they have like some respect for each other. And, you know, even though they, they, they're mortal enemies, they are mortal enemies. Yeah. But there's just like, there's a really deep history that, that goes along with them. Totally. Um, and that's like totally absent from the movie. Do you think that Walter knows they're in a loop? That's a really good question. The movie implies that he does. The movie does imply that he does, but the books, I don't think, do. I like the idea that he knows because I like the idea that Walter has the upper hand in a way. Yeah. Because that just makes Roland the underdog, and that makes you want to root for him. Even yeah, more. well, and because Roland is the underdog. Totally. You know, he's just, the galactic underdog. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I, I, I like that they implied that he does know that in, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just, okay. I just really want them to make more. I know. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Cause totally. it's, it's just such a, it's such a rich world. And when you're playing with like time and reality and how each decision changes, your future, mm-hmm. the options are unlimited totally. for what you can do with a story. Totally. And Stephen King did 90% of those things with the Dark Tower. Yeah, I mean... and For better or for worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Mo- most of most of everything that, like, is in the books, you know, like, I just absolutely love and adore. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, putting it on screen, there's just so much to work with. I mean, you could put in just a fraction of what was written in the books and still have it be amazing and, and just really fulfilling. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think that uh, trying to tell your own story inside of that world is the right way to go. Like, if the director and writers have a vision of how they can tell a cycle and have it maybe be the last cycle, like, what would you do in the last cycle? Yeah. I mean, that that's what I want. And it looks like that's what they're trying to do. And please, let them do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Buy this movie on DVD. Yeah, just shut your pie hole and let them do it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, we live in this culture of entitlement where people want what they want and they're not willing to take anything other than that yeah people aren't necessarily willing to look at what they've been given and Mm -hmm. appreciate it yeah they just want what they want yeah and i think that for me i mean i i really wanted what i wanted with the dark tower and i got something totally different but but when i look at it uh at the end of the movie and i think about how i felt about it i feel good you know i mean this movie felt really good like they nailed 
the things that I wanted the most, which yep. is the which is Roland, yep. you know, and Jake. Yeah. The things that I really wanted to see on screen is my quartet. Yeah. You know. Yep. And as far as adding members to that quartet and getting it off to a good start, I I love what they did. Yeah. Yeah, I could do without every moment that Walt that Walter's on screen. I could t- I literally yeah. every moment except for one. Even though I don't like the last fight that much, there's a moment where Walter is like looking at Jake, and then uh, Roland is behind them and and beyond the portal, and Roland turns around in like a really flamboyant way with this crazy grin on his face. And I was yeah. like, there, there, there. That's, that's him. It, that's it. That's it. You can do it. Yeah. But it's just one moment where I yeah. see that character yeah. in that performance. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think that I think that Matthew McConaughey looked really good in the part. Like he looks creepy. Yeah. You know, like when he's walking across the street in New York and stuff, like he looks like an evil person. Yeah, when you I know? saw the posters, I was like, they got it. They yeah, nailed it. they yeah, they nailed the look, but it's just like, yeah, it's the dialogue. Yeah. That is just like terrible. Yeah. And I do I I wish they would have had the um the house on Dutch Hill go just a little bit longer and a little bit crazier. Yeah. I feel like Jake got out of that one a little bit too easy, a little too unscathed. I didn't even understand the first time that he defeated the demon with the shine. Yeah. With it. Yeah. With his. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, it's not, it's not made very clear that he did that. Yeah. So, I mean, and also he's just kind of getting into his, like, abilities with his psychic powers. Right. So how would he defeat a whole, like, house monster so quickly? Yeah. If you're just, it, you don't even know what you're doing yet. I think it was, like, a instinctual panic response. Yeah. Where he just, like, reached out in fear to try to save himself, and what he did is use a psychic burst Yeah. And and I'm okay with it. I, it bothered me the first time, but the second time I'm like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. But I agree with you that they could have done a lot more. I just wish it would have gone longer. I'm I'm I I'm, wish I'm okay with. The house was scarier inside. Yeah, because I mean, in again, and I don't mean that, like the only reason why I want this to be like in the book for the most part is because they implied that it's just like it's the same house. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's like and the mo- and the monster is the house. The monster was there in the yeah, house. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean they they put it too much like the book, but didn't do it enough like the book. Yeah, so they like, to- totally. They they didn't go as far as the book did and they didn't make it as exciting or scary. Yeah. And so it's like it just needed to be a little bit like longer to really feel like Jake may not make it out. It was it was like an afterthought yeah. to put it in there. Yeah. But I still appreciated it. So did I. Just to see it on screen was kind of cool in any fashion at all. But that also um, reaffirms my belief that they did the right thing by doing a new cycle. Because Mm -hmm. the things that they put in that were from the books, they didn't necessarily do it in a way that I would have wanted. So it makes me happy that they just did their own thing for most of the time. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, Roland drinking a Coke is a highlight. Oh my God. Yeah. That was the best. Then them on the the bus, like them (laughs) in the hospital, all that kind of stuff felt like it was taken directly out of book two. And if he had just said, Aston once yeah. I would have been so happy he's like yeah. do you have more of that Aston you know yeah. I would have been, been so great. happy that would have been great but I I mean I like all of that stuff I feel like they did it 100% correctly absolutely and and even though there's like a, a there's a small portion of the movie that I feel like is 100% correct as far as feeling like the books mm-hmm. um, but there's a there's a, a very large portion that feels really damn good to me 
And then there's also like a third of it that feels really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like the parts that don't feel like the book, it still feels like the world. I it, agree. And I agree. so, and because so parts of the book don't feel good to, you know, yeah. parts of the book don't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. When, I mean, the first time I read Dark Tower, probably the second time too, like there were parts where I had to go back and like reread because I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. I don't totally you know because it's confusing when you mess with like time and reality and levels of existence you know absolutely Um, i love that type of shit me too i I love the idea that you can like open up a portal and discover that the universe is not what you thought yes it's so cool yeah it's it's great um so yeah overall i'm i i am really happy with this movie yeah this will not be the last time i watch it I was thinking you know. that same thing is like, I'm really enjoying watching this again. And I already want to see particularly those scenes on the bus again. Yep. Which is super cool. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a little angry at how this was received. I, I think too. that this was an example of people just piling on to negativity because it was fun yeah. instead of because it was how they felt. It was like, I think it was like internet trolls, you know, Yeah. that kind of perpetuated this idea that this was a really terrible movie. Yeah, I, I still just think that people generally just had, people didn't manage their own expectations well. I, get, I, th- I think that's true. And too. I think that that's just a larger part of societies that we don't manage our expectations well in general, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but it's, and anybody who is a Dark Tower fan should have gone into this knowing that it wasn't going to be the books. Yeah, because the the producer said that. Because beforehand. they said that. Yeah. They told us that. You it, saw New York in the preview. You knew it wasn't going to be just book one. Exactly. Um and so I feel like if if you're a fan of the books, you should have gone into this movie knowing that it was gonna be different. Yeah. And you should have an open mind just knowing about the story in general that it's it's going to change because it's his last time around. Yeah. That was one of the posters that said last time around. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool to be like wrapped up in this thing that's happening in pop culture that like you and I understand on a deeper level than what most people do. But that level is being shown in plain sight. Yes. I think that's so cool. It is very cool. I think that's like really fucking cool. And yeah. I'm so into it and I want more. Yeah, yeah, me too. I love Dark Tower. Yeah, I really want to read it again. I I don't know. It, it fills a very particular hole for me. It. I mean, this. it sounds dramatic when I say this, and it's not the first time I've said it, but, like, this book series, like, changed who I am. Like, yeah. it changed me as a person. Yeah. Because it's just such a beautiful, epic story. And the relationships in it are just like fantastic and the stakes are so high you know and it's like that's when they like you and i talk about like with movies and tv shows it's like you have to have a good stakes you have to have good high stakes right in order to care about what these characters are doing you know and i think that it's just it's amazing i i just i love i love everything about the dark tower yeah totally i mean Stephen King has a way of writing where it just worms its way into your soul. Yeah. Like, where you start to, like, see the beams when you look into the sky and see the clouds moving. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, or when I read... Uh, um, 
insomnia. Oh, God. I was seeing people's auras when I was walking around on the street. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like imagining that I was. I. I. I don't know. There's. There's something so. Like intensely personal about reading some of his stories, yeah. Particularly the Dark Tower to me because I, because he fleshes out characters so incredibly well. It's like you can only talk to your friends when you read his books. Like yep. I know I, I know Rowan and Jake and I know Eddie and Suzanne and the only way I can contact them is by reading these books. Yep. Because they are real and they are in there. Yeah. And there's I, the way that he like wove in his own life. And his own I story. I love that. I love it. It's I very, love it's, that. It's a little divisive in the fandom, yep. but I'm such a huge fan of it because it it makes it feel so much more real. It's like he he found a perfect way to make uh, a fantasy sort of sci-fi world feel completely palpable and and tangible and uh, like you can reach out and be a part of it if only you could just find it yeah well and i i also love it too because i mean again if you look at the actual time span that stephen king wrote all the books you know i mean it's it's been he's been writing dark tower for you know what 30 years yeah like, something like, like that. the yeah. gunslinger came out in the 70s yeah late 70s i think you're right yeah you know, and so for him to write into the books that Roland came to him and said, you'll write a lot of stories, but you'll always come back to this one. Yeah. Like, just makes sense because he does. And and he said that he feels like it's the only story that he has, hasn't created. It just comes. Yeah. You know, and so I like that he wrote that in there because, it, oh, yeah. it again, it makes the world feel more real. It makes it feel like, yeah, maybe... Like, they are just, like, we're just on our plane, like, on our level of the tower. Yeah. And the way he wove in his car crash and the idea that if he dies, the tower might die with yeah. him, you know? Yeah. It's so literal and yet fits the world that he's created so well. Uh-huh. And I, obviously, his car crash informed a lot of his writing. Yeah. Uh, and his, like, I mean, he almost died and he had to, his body had to be rebuilt. Yeah. Um, Like, his hip was shattered, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So just seeing how that impacted the story and how he changed as a writer over the years and how that all kind of wove in with the world also, because Roland was opening up towards this quartet mm-hmm. as it's, and like, I mean, Stephen King infamously had a lot of drug problems and then got clean and his writing changed a little bit from that as well. Yeah. So just seeing all of that tied up in this one epic saga that, that spans most of his career yeah. is uh, all of it. It feels magical. You yeah. Know, every, every element Every real world element of how this story was created adds to the magic of the story itself because he wove it in. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just woven into like his 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 life and everything, but it's like almost all of his other books as well. You know, like every 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 book has like a little like attachment to Dark Tower. Right. Because if the tower is all of reality, right. then every book that he's written you know, is part of that re is part of the dark tower. Totally. You know, which I, I love, I love that idea. I love it too. And there's a show coming out. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, it's a show that takes place in the Stephen King world. And it's going to be in like whatever town in Maine, all of his stuff takes place in. Okay. Um, and it's going to be kind of weird mystical things happening in this town that are all related to his books. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And if they put in any references to the Dark Tower, I'll like pee my pants. Yeah, totally. What what's it called? I don't remember. Where where's it gonna be? On Hulu. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
I, I I listened to this podcast, Fat Man on Batman, and Mark Bernardin is on that show, and he was writing for this show. Cool. So we talked about it a little bit. Oh, my God. I bet that'll be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're in, like, a renaissance of, of Stephen King adaptations. Like, yeah. Like, it just came out. And yeah, which is There was a couple awesome. of others that were just made, and I don't remember what they were. Yeah. Um, or, or are in production. Well, there's... He has a couple of his... The Mist is on Netflix. Uh-huh. That's a TV show. And then... Um, is that new? I I think so. I haven't I haven't started watching missed, it yet. I haven't seen that. Um, I know Under the Dome ended a year or a couple years ago. I think two or three yeah, years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then there's another. There's I I can't remember, but there's like a couple of different shows like on Netflix that are Stephen King. I think The Cell. Did you ever read that book? Cell. No. That one's it's a it's a it's a good one. It's short. It's a really fast read. And um, it's kind of fun because Stephen King doesn't take quite as much time character building in the beginning. Like shit just starts happening, so it's like really That's very fun. unlike him. It, yeah, but it's 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 really fun. Cool. Um, but I think that that movie is going to be made. Um. Yeah. So there's yeah there's a lot of Stephen King stuff out. We should watch it. Yeah, I need to see that. It's really good. I really want to yeah. see it. Is yeah. there a reference to Dark Tower in it? Um, that would make me really happy. Not that I can remember, but I don't remember a lot these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much. It's been Absolutely. A, uh, what, what should we What should we do next? I don't know. I don't know. We talked about doing Stargate at one point. Yeah, we did. Or The Mummy. Yeah, because I haven't seen either of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm sure we'll do when the new X Files comes out. Is oh my like that. god! That might be a while though. I am so excited for that. I know. I'm I, so excited. It I looks it, great. It it looks like like old school X Files. Like yeah. what I was saying earlier, it makes me want to rewatch the series again for like yeah. the billionth time. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I just really can't get enough. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And man, we're I mean, the Doctor Who Christmas special is coming up in a month. Oh yeah. A month and a half, I guess. Yeah. Our last Peter Capaldi. I know. Man, that image that came out of um, Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. Amazing. It, incredible. It's incredible. Perfect. She looks amazing. She looks like the doctor. She does. Totally. Yep. Like you can take one look at her and I'm like, oh my you're God, like, yeah, you're the doctor. The suspenders. So good. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, I don't know how this is how, you know, like they pick the right people for the doctor is because just their physical like appearance encapsulates the personality yeah and the costume designers are amazing they're so I, good i don't know how they managed to evoke peter capaldi matt smith uh and uh tom baker tom baker yeah. all at the same time in this outfit that looks nothing like any of their outfits yeah but, but it it calls on all of them yeah it's like that it's like that person wearing a different outfit yeah it's very cool yeah it's i it's, can't wait yeah it's really cool i'm excited i'm yeah, really excited for i really new, can't new wait. Who. it's gonna be amazing yeah well, okay. do you have time to play a little Mario before you got to take off? Um, yes, I do. Let's play some fucking Mario. Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you want to check out my library of podcasts and sci-fi synth-pop music, music videos, and now game streaming and some gameplay videos that I've been editing together, all of that's at my website, jessemercury.com. I just put out a, a Mario Maker video that I'm very proud of. It's part of my Kaizo Mario Maker series. The second video in that is called Kiki Hands. Uh, I, I wrote a song for it. It's very funny, I think. I, I've, I've been told by a couple of people 
that they thought it was the funniest thing they've seen on YouTube. And I know that's not true, but I really appreciated that compliment. And I'd love for you to check it out. That's on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sci-Fi, where I also regularly live stream video games and also sci-fi podcasts occasionally. I won't have a show next week because I'll be working on the next episode of Sci-Fi on Trial. So keep your eyes peeled on the Sci-Fi on Trial podcast feed because there will be a new episode coming soon, The Trial of the Matrix sequels. And then after that, I'll have the next episode of this show, which will be about Babylon 5 Season 3. Douglas Gale's coming back, and we're talking our way through Season 3. If you enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, stay nerdy out there.